Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for September 8th, 2019. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Okay, we have two new videos up from uh, yesterday's UFC show in Abu Dhabi. So uh, don't forget to go to the blog and check those out if you can get a chance to see them. So uh, let's go over them here. Uh, the first one... Uh, both of these fights were on the prelims. Uh, Joanne Calderwood versus Andrea Lee. And this was at flyweight. So both fighters are looking to get into the flyweight title picture. I don't think either of them is good enough. Okay. We saw with Joanne in her last fight, you know, if she'd have got a win over Catlin Chikagian, she could have, you know, gotten a little higher up in the rankings and closer to a title shot, but she didn't look good and she lost. And now, you know, Ketlin could get that title shot. Andrea's on a three-fight winning streak, but she didn't beat anyone decent, and nor did she win dominantly. And listen, I've seen her for a few years. The thing about her is her calling card is charisma and sex appeal. I think I told somebody yesterday, she has main event sex appeal and charisma. But she's not that good a fighter. She's a points fighter. And what I said on my podcast on Friday is I thought this fight would be very close. And that's exactly what it was. You know, you want uh, a fighter to, be, to look strong going into a title shot. Okay? I'm going to get to that. I, I, and, and these two, I don't think, can look that strong. Now, I'm going to get to that in a second because I want to go over the... Uh, flyweight title picture a little bit after I'm, I finished looking at this fight. And the fight, like I said, the fight was close, and Andrea just doesn't do enough to win fights decisively. I don't think I've ever seen her win a fight decisively. It's always close. So I scored round one 10-9 for Joanne because she controlled the first half of the round. Andrea did better in the second half of the round, and it wouldn't shock me if you scored it the other way. Round two was very close, but again, in this case, I scored a 10-9 for Andrea. So the thing is, uh, I thought Joanne won round three, 10-9, so I scored a 29-28 for Joanne. The judges gave it to her in a split decision. You know, the, the scores were all over the map, really, and I had people, people thought Andrea won, people thought Joanne won. It was almost a draw, really, okay? And, and it... Honestly, it doesn't matter because neither fighter was dominant and I don't think either of them deserves, you know, a title shot. Now, what's likely to happen? Let's look at the, the, the title picture uh, in the flyweight division right now anyway. And, and the thing is, is that it just isn't good, okay? But there is light at the end of the tunnel, okay? So what we've seen so far is uh, Valentina had no problem... Um, you know, defending the title, okay? Because neither fighter really should have got a title shot. I mean, Jessica I had three of the softest wins in in UFC history, for God's sakes. You know, she, she we knew what was going to happen. The same thing with Liz Carmouche. She's just, you know, she's older. She's not very good anymore. The likely next contender for uh, the, the flyweight title will be the winner of the upcoming Catlin Chukagian versus Jennifer Maya fight. Okay? 
Catlin is basically on the UFC's case for a title shot. She thinks that she earned it um, against Joanne. But I don't think anyone thinks that either of these two fighters, whether you're talking about Catlin or whether you're talking about Jennifer, I don't think either fighter has a hope in hell of beating Valentina. Okay? And that goes for most of the top contenders. Okay? So, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Now, one fighter who I think has a very good chance of getting a title shot in the not-too-distant future is Brazilian Ariane Araujo. Okay? She's looked great so far. She Actually, she's only had one fight at... Um, at uh, uh, flyweight, uh, her first fight in the UFC was at bantamweight. But, and she's actually a strawweight because in Japan, uh, she was a pancreas champion Okay, at, uh, at strawweight. So she's got a fight coming up in December uh, against uh, Jessica I. And I would guess that if she wins that fight, because Jessica's right now ranked number one, okay, then you're going to see... You're going to see uh, Viviani uh, get a title shot. Okay, the other two other fighters that uh, I like uh, uh, for getting for for getting a title shot, uh, maybe not immediately, but down the road, is um, uh, Macy Barber, okay, and Jillian Robertson. Okay, they both have potential if they can keep winning. Uh, you know, I like I said, those are the three fighters that I like the looks of. Should there be more contenders? Well, you know, what's happened in a lot of cases is uh, the UFC, uh, you know, really botched uh, Tough 26. It just didn't work out. Nothing really all that good came out of it. Okay? And, you know, they've had some fighters come in that haven't really turned out. Like, I'm, I'm sure they thought that Ariane Lipsky had potential to be a title contender, but she has looked awful in her two fights. So, I don't know. I don't know, but like I said, uh, it's likely that the winner of uh, the upcoming Caitlin Chukagian versus Jennifer Maya will get the next title shot. I just don't think either of them are all that good anyway. Like, it, if you, like if you, I, I couldn't choose out of Joanne or Andrea or Caitlin or Jennifer, I couldn't choose one fighter out of there that I think could beat uh, Valentina. I don't think any of them can. But Ariane, Ariane uh, Viviani Araujo, I can never pronounce her name, really does have a good shot. Okay? So, you know, uh, a lot of this is, the blame for this goes right to the UFC. All right? Okay, the other fight on this uh, show was uh, Sarah Morass versus Liana Jojua. And this was at bantamweight. Uh, Sarah is on a three-fight losing streak, and so she really needs a win. I thought if she loses this fight, she would get released. The other thing is she missed weight. Liana is from Georgia, which is unlike what Bruce Buffer says on the, uh, on the, in his announcement. She's not from the USA. She's actually Georgia is on the Black Sea. It's just south of Russia. Okay, so she's a former Fight Night Global champ. Now, Sarah had a big enough size advantage that I thought Liana really should be fighting at flyweight. 
And she was awful anyway. Very tentative. You know, Sarah dominated the fight and won by third round TKO. Dominic Cruz on commentary suggested that Leanna may have been suffering from the UFC jitters. She kind of had that deer-in-the-headlights look, but uh, I thought she was too small anyway. And really, uh, I, ex- I expect her to drop to flyweight based on this fight. Now, Sarah needed the win really badly. Anyways, you can, if you go to my blog, you can watch both of those matches, uh, the video for both of those matches. Okay, now let's go over uh, Friday's Invicta show. Is Invicta Phoenix Rising 2 aired on UFC Fight Pass on Friday. Uh, there were eight fighters in the tournament, and the first round and semifinals were one round were one round fights. The final was three rounds. This is the second time Invicta has done one of these tournaments, and the first round fights have been tough to sit through. Um, so to try and create some urgency, the uh, Invicta uh, says that the winner with the quickest finish gets to choose her semifinal opponent. Uh, didn't work, okay? Look, first of all, they are well aware that most of these fighters don't finish. And secondly, you know, even if you win this fight, if you suffer some damage and you don't pass the physical, you can't go to the next round. So it's not surprising that fighters are going to be cautious in in, uh, these first round fights. And they were boring anyway, you know. There just wasn't that much happening in any of them. No one, no one came close to a finish. One su- now, one suggestion I would make in these tournaments is possibly stick to younger fighters as they seem to be more enthusiastic, um, less tentative, uh, take more risks, give the best results. So the one fight that had decent action were both younger fighters. Miranda Maverick winning by unanimous decision over Victoria Leonardo. The other three first-round fights had fighters who are older and known to not take risks. You know, you had uh, Brazilian Diana Torcado beat Milana Duvieva by split decision. I thought Diana landed better strikes. She's, a, she's not great, but she's better than Mil- Milana. Okay? Diana Bennett beat Liz Tracy by unanimous decision. Liz probably won, but neither were all that good. And Deanna actually looked surprised when the decision was announced. I think she thought she lost, too. Uh, Shanna Young beat uh, Maiju Suotama by unanimous decision. And again, it really was a nothing-happening match. And then there were a couple of one-round reserve bouts in case uh, the fighters were needed. One had Chantal Coates beat Flory Honey by split decision. And the one thing I got out of that is that Flory should move back to strawweight because she's too small to be a flyweight. And Kay Hansen beat Carolina, Carolina Imenez by unanimous decision. So the accumulation of these low-action contests was a tough slog to sit through. I mean, that, they took up the first half of the show, or even more than that. And the second-round fights were better, as Miranda beat Shanna and Deanna beat Diana, uh, both with rear naked chokes. And, and also they had a couple of buffer boats so the fighters could rest. Both fights were at flyweight. Uh, Josie Stortz 
beat Helen Lucero by first round rear naked choke. Josie is a young fighter with potential. Helen was making her pro MMA debut at age 41. I would describe that as promotional. I would describe her booking as promotional malpractice. Do not book that sort of stuff. I mean, geez louise. And then Maria Agapova beat Alexa Connors by first round rear naked choke. I saw Maria on Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. She looked better uh, in this fight, but of course Alexa isn't very good. And then in the tournament final, Miranda won the first two rounds over Deanna uh, and then finished her uh, in the third round with, uh, they called it a rear naked choke, but it actually looked more like a neck crank. Okay, Deanna was outclassed anyway. I mean, here's the thing about Deanna Bennett. The only thing she is good at is grinding on the fence, okay? And that doesn't win fights. That's why she's not any good. She's boring because that's what she's good at, and it's not even a good way to win a fight, okay? So the problems Invicta has had with the two tournaments is lack of action in the opening round, and it shows that the concept is flawed. But I expect them to keep doing them because no one really has the guts to tell them the truth. And that's that it's not really what people want to see. What they want to see is, like I said on Friday, they want to see Japanese-style one-night tournaments that are not, they're not allowed here. Okay? Athletic commissions will not allow it. And that's it. So, not crazy about the tournaments. All right? Okay. So uh, that's, uh, that's about it for today. Do I have anything else I want to comment on? Oh, one of the things that was a topic of conversation on the weekend is, again, uh, you know, uh, Wei Li Zhang versus Antone, Ante, uh, Valentina Shevchenko in a super fight. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. I believe, I expect we may see Wei Li before the end of the year, but I'm not sure about that. Uh, but um, uh, she has to beat some uh, strawweight contenders first. Um, and, of course, I'm sure, as you heard, uh, to the surprise of no one, uh, Chris Cyborg uh, signed with uh, uh, Bellator. And uh, um, uh, she, she told uh, Aaron Bronstetter of TSN uh, in an interview that uh, she could still fight Amanda Nunez. At least that's what Scott Coker told her. Scott Coker told her, told her nothing of the sort. And, in fact... Later on on Friday, uh, he told MMA Junkie that it's very unlikely that they would be able to do that fight unless uh, Amanda left the UFC. So what that tells me is the old story with Chris Cyborg. She's full of crap. Okay? So you have to remember this when she's talking. I've, I mean, she's lied about so much stuff. It's just unbelievable. Okay, and you know, that's why she's no longer in the UFC because you can't believe anything she says. All right, that's about it for today. Again, don't forget to check out uh, those two videos at uh, frankp316.blogspot.com. Um, uh, not sure when the next uh, podcast will be, uh, uh, possibly if we get some new, a bunch of new fight announcements. Uh, next week's UFC show is in Vancouver, but there are no women's fights on it. So uh, the next uh, UFC show is in Mexico City that I will be doing a podcast for. Um, 
there's also uh, WWE uh, Night of the Champions next week, but I, I'm not planning to do a podcast for that. Um, if you have any questions or comments about the podcast or the blog, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. Have a good week. We'll talk to you later.